I have just launched my very first online personal branding course for recruiters. With you listening to this podcast, you will know how passionate I am about personal branding and how much of an impact it's had on my career. It's what gave me the courage to start this very podcast. Now, I do not doubt with you listening to this podcast, you will know about the importance of personal branding as a recruiter in today's market. But you might be thinking, how the hell do I start? What do I create content about? And how can it help me make more money as a recruiter? On this online course, I'm going to help you cut through the confusion with personal branding. Not only to learn how to start building your brand tomorrow, but to make sure you're equipped with the correct strategy and mindset for long-term personal brand success. Now, if this is important to you and you want to add branding to your skill set as a recruiter, then make sure you go and check out the online course. And yes, this is a podcast ad by me for me. (laughs) You can enroll on the online course by clicking the link in the episode show notes and with you being a recruitment roller coaster listener, of course, you will get a special discount. You can use the discount code podcast to get a discount on the course itself. Hopefully, I'll see some of you on the course. And now let's get into this episode. So, the big question is this How do the best recruiters and recruitment business owners? ride the highs and lows of recruitment whilst ensuring they remain at the top. How do they stay consistent? How do they manage their time? How do they cultivate the correct mindset? And what are the best recruiters and recruitment businesses doing differently? These are the questions that all recruiters want to know the answers to. This is the podcast where I have real and honest conversations with some of the most talented recruitment professionals globally to uncover all their secrets. My name is Hisham Azuz. Welcome to the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. This podcast is sponsored and supported by my good friends at Hunted. Last year, Hunted helped over 300,000 recruiters all across the world. They're dedicated to improving not just the industry, but your place within it. If you want to be a better recruiter, have more resilience, see greater success in your recruitment career, or simply change jobs or country, then you need to check out hunted.com. I'd love you to check it out and let me know what you think. Welcome to the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz. And today I'm joined by Joe Curtis, who is the founder and director of Eleven Investments, which is a recruitment investment business, and they currently have six recruitment businesses in their portfolio. Joe, thank you for joining me. Pleasure. How are you? Looking forward to this one. Good. I'm good. I'm good. As I was saying, I think you are the first person on this podcast that actively looks to invest in people. Cool. Um, to start their own recruitment business. So um, we're definitely going to have a real focus on sort of your journey of 11 investments, the things that you're seeing, um, the things that you've learned, um, and a real focus on the investment side. But where I always like to start is how did Joe Curtis enter the world of uh, recruitment? Let's start there. 
Uh, yeah, cool. Uh, I well, I was a recent grad. Um, what did you study? I studied sports and material science at Birmingham University. Classic. <laughs> yeah, classic. Didn't get on the course I wanted to, so Sports. blagged my way on there on an interview. Nice. Yeah. So graduated there? Graduated from there, moved back home to Gloucestershire, got a job in Bristol, okay. selling advertising, mm. which was like mentally good training ground, like yeah. sales training. Like was cold calling people. Yeah, it was like stood up, no screens. Really? Just sheets of paper. And advertisement went like Friday ad? No, like I'm not... I'm not really sure the publications existed. Really? Like, yeah, so that didn't, <laughs> that didn't last long. Uh, yeah. Did that for a bit, and my, a mate of mine had graduated before me, was working for a finance recruiter in London okay. in like 2005, 2006. It was like impossible not to make loads of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, sweet, I'll so do that. Dream. So, yeah, so then I got a job. Because you, you worked at Michael Page, right? Yeah. So just to frame up for everyone listening, so you worked at Michael Page for like eight, nine years? The seven and a half, oh, I think it was. Yeah. Okay. Solid stint. First good job old, in good old effort, that. Yeah. That was a good effort. So, just always interested. So, at that point, like, so your friend was in recruitment. What was your perception of recruitment at that point? Out of interest. That it, <laughs> that it was way easier than what I was doing. Oh, really? Yeah. And you could make decent money. Okay. And it was way more professional than what I was doing. Really? And it was morally and ethically. Um, yeah. a bit a bit up the scale than, yeah, yeah. than okay. what I was doing so yeah it was great okay so um, seven and a half years Michael Page yeah um, and in that time you went down the classic route just climbing the ranks right is that fair mm, yeah slowly yeah slowly but over that period you did that yeah I mean I was promoted a couple of times ran yeah. teams decided that wasn't for me mm. and went into like it ended up in what is Page Executive so like there okay their executive search yeah. option. Okay. Yeah. And um, so after, so just to frame up for everyone, so after Michael Page, you then set up FreeSearch, mm-hmm. is that right? Yeah, that's right. And then after FreeSearch, you then started 11 Investments. Yeah, we, uh, I think the order was actually, we found we, we found somebody else that we wanted to invest in before we'd actually built 11 Investments as a, as a vehicle oh, to okay. invest in further people. But yeah, essentially, yeah, FreeSearch came first. Yeah. Um, we grew that a bit. We, basically bumped into somebody else who wanted to do the, their own thing, didn't yeah. want to do it on their own. We were like, we can help you. Yeah. So it's all quite opportunistic and organic how it's how, how it's grown. Um, and I think 11 Investments was set up in 2016 yeah. in time for our third business, I think. Okay. Something like that. All right, cool. So very quickly, just I just got a couple of things on the Michael Page experience. Yeah. Um, so firstly, um, how, how did Joe... Um, get opportunities to progress, climb the ranks, and I know you said slowly, in a very competitive landscape and, and a big business. So what would you put that down to and how did you achieve that? Um, I, by asking for it quite a lot, by, yeah, mm. by, you know, it, it's all about, it is very meritocratic yeah. um, at Michael Page. Mm-hmm. Um, I got on with my, I, I had a great time there, I got on with my managers, I got on with my directors. Yeah. You know, it, it, uh, and I delivered what I needed to deliver over the periods of time I needed to to get promoted. Mm. I, think so, that, I just think that's an interesting one that you you answered that with. You asked for it. Uh, yeah. A lot of people 
a lot of people will sit and say, oh, I should get this or I should deserve this promotion or whatever, right? So I love the fact that you answered it straight away that you was looking for it, right? I think people listening who are in a maybe smaller business or a bigger business, if they want those opportunities, you've got to be quite proactive, right? So that, that was a factor. Sometimes, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, okay. Had you always wanted to start your own business? Uh, I think so, yeah. I think, um, yeah. My, my dad did his own thing. My stepdad did their own thing. A lot He's of my close, yeah. A lot yeah. of my close friends work for themselves. Really, um, I wasn't a particularly good employee. Like, really, yeah. It doesn't it didn't really work for me really mm. well working for a big corporate. It was very very comfortable for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I fit the mold of Michael Page at the time. Yeah. Um, so it was all good. It'd be quite hard to leave that. Leave that. Um, it's really comfortable. Yeah, that's what I mean. Leave that. Yeah. You're like you know, you know what you need to do. You know At times, yeah. yeah. It's really comfortable. Yeah, we, yeah. It was, mm. it was an enjoyable place to work, mm. but I wasn't. I didn't particularly work hard. I yeah, didn't work yeah. particularly hard. What, what was what was the tipping point then for you to be like you know what actually um, I'm gonna break the mold? I I just wanted to do something different mm. initially. <laughs> initially, I wanted to. Or in recruitment? No. What, I was done with thinking? recruitment. Really? Yeah. You were done with recruitment? Yeah. I what? fell out of love with recruitment when really? I was at Michael Page, yeah. Is that because you knew that if you, was it, was the mentality, if I stayed in recruitment, it's just going to be like Michael Page again? Yeah, I, I interviewed yeah. at one other place the whole time I was there. Yeah, okay. Like three years in, and then I never met another recruiter. So yeah, that's interesting. Um, I wanted to set up a, a <laughs> what did uh, you think about setting up? A, like a festival catering business. A festival catering business? Yeah. Oh, so like those... Like Volkswagen vehicles where you yeah, sell so up it was like yeah, we yeah. Had a few names. So it's going to be like um, what was it going to be? They were it was going to be <laughs> well, there were a few options. What were the options? Burger on the dance floor. Burger on the dance floor. Okay, I like that. Yeah, uh, Piggy Smalls. Piggy Smalls, nice. Um, soup Doggy Dog. Okay, uh, there were a few of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, Did you how how far? Did Notorious you get? Pig. Obviously. Oh wow. Okay. How how close did you get to becoming a chef at? Uh, it all fell apart. Really? Yeah. So, but did you actually give it a go? No. Okay. The idea fell apart. Really? Yeah. I sat down and looked at it, and it seemed like it was going to be loads of hard work. Yeah. And actually, you can send some CVs to a client, and <laughs> <laughs> and you can uh, you can charge. Yeah, a reasonable yeah, a fee for, for it. it so actually okay. when I thought about it a bit more I thought the recruitment model wasn't broken it was all good and we could build something exciting mm. out of that really okay so so then yeah there was a bit of a period of working out am I going to stay in recruitment and mm-hmm. a few yeah. realisations then so how did so as you're saying just, just to help me out so as you're saying actually it was quite organic that it was sort of 11 investments first but free search was the first business yeah 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 so how how did that happen? Like how did free search come about? Um, so yeah, first of all, I'm 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 a director of three search and a director of yeah. eleven investments. There's three of us. Okay. Um, so Charlie, Andy, and I. Um, I think timing was yeah just by chance we were all getting mildly disillusioned with what we were doing at, mm. at Michael Page at the time oh, you worked with each other at Michael Page yeah so yeah. we did yeah mm. so we all worked together pretty close-knit group um, yeah. uh, and we kind of talked each other into it over a period of months really yeah. and uh, okay. decided we weren't we didn't want to 
be in the positions that our bosses were in. Yeah, we yeah. didn't. We no longer. Well, per, per, I speak for myself. Yeah, I no longer believed that I wanted to be a managing director of my of my you, you, you can no longer see your future there. I know. Yeah, I no longer believed I was capable of that job okay. um, in that environment. Um, and yeah, I didn't want to keep climbing the greasy pole. Mm-hmm. So fell out of love of recruitment. Mm-hmm. How did you, I'm sure then the classic, you hear from so many people, I'm gonna start my own recruitment business and it's gonna be different. How, how what, what was the thought process in starting another recruitment business and being different, having a competitive advantage? Like how did you plan to differentiate yourself? So I, I wanted to build a business yeah. and I knew recruitment. Yeah. Charlie and Andy wanted to build a really decent marketing and digital recruitment business. Okay. Um, and they wanted the wheel together. So together that was our first, yeah, our yeah, first yeah. project. And to begin with, that was going to be our only, but that was our business. Right? That we sense, we yeah. wanted to do that. Yeah. We um, wanted to have, continue to have client and candidate contact. We wanted to, well, client contact really more so now, but we wanted to be on the front line that we, we weren't, Mm. Well, I was still on the front line, really, in what I was doing because I was just recruiting senior stuff. But okay. Charlie and Andy were bu- were building big teams, yeah. um, and they weren't having the exposure to clients that they used to, mm. and they were just being pushed down this man management route, okay. um, and they were being told to manage people in the way that they didn't think was the best way to get the most out of people. people yeah. So, so there were huge factors as to what the, the difference they wanted to create and the top environment they wanted to build and stuff like that with their own business. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. So we we wanted to. We what we we're not we're not we're not about reinventing anything. We're not yeah. that clever. We mm. wanted to do things in the right way. Service fewer clients better. Mm-hmm. That's really. Mm-hmm. What it is? So, so why? So then, just to be. So then, the eleven investments piece. Why? Why did you start eleven investments? Uh, yeah, as I said before, opportunity. Okay, it's quite organic. Um, or it was organic opportunity. We we weren't that impressed with investors we met when we set up three search. Did you go through that process? Yeah, we had a couple of conversations, but not really. I don't have huge exposure to the recruitment investment market, yeah. but yeah, we had a couple of conversations and we felt that between the three of us yeah. we didn't we didn't need that yeah. or, or we didn't have um we didn't like what we heard yeah we didn't, and that, that's quite we common. didn't think it was fair we didn't think it was and what, what were the, the key things there that made you feel like that um when you when you scratch the surface like you don't fully control the company you don't control okay. the direction of it you don't it's not maybe sometimes not all your decisions yeah you know the the buyout deals aren't very fair to the people who are being invested yeah. in um the yeah, yeah the ownership is maybe not fully there as it as it might be as it might on be on the, on, on the face of it, of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so we we wanted to create a vehicle. We wanted to create an investment business that we never got the chance to meet, and we wanted to. Mm. So again, quite organic, right? Yeah, but it's about it's about investing in people to be able to do what we've done, yeah, and helping them get there. Okay. By bringing them in the environment that we're in, by helping yeah. them with. So let, let's just we do. just make it really clear. So what? So yeah, just to be really clear with that. So um, as we were chatting before, so what do eleven investments exactly do? Just really clearly, and then we can talk about sort of your experiences, learnings, and the things you're seeing and stuff like that. 
So we provide all of the structure, systems, office, yeah. um, everything you need to shore up your recruitment business. Yeah. So you, as a recruiter, can go out and bill. And do what you do best. Do what you do. Yeah. So like, Pete, you get told in recruitment companies that you come and build your desk and it's like running your own business and all this sort of thing. And yeah. I mean, it's just not. I mean, it's just, you know, you're a recruiter and you're really good at being a recruiter. Yeah. So why don't you build a recruitment business where you're doing everything that you're excellent at and we can do the rest. Mm. And that was a, that's a really good bit of advice we first got when we started mm. was if you, you look at it like a football team, yeah. you're the recruiters, you're out there doing the deals, you're scoring mm. the goals, but you need the support of finance, marketing, operations, whatever it is at the back to defend yeah. and stop everyone else scoring against you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you just need to go and score as many goals as you possibly can and we'll mm. keep the other ones from going in the back okay. of your net. That, make, that makes sense, really clear. Okay, so... Um, where, so when that when you stumbled across that opportunity organically met another person that you wanted to get involved with help why what did you see in that person for, to get to get the wheels in motion become one of the brands under your portfolio so why did you choose to invest in that business firstly we we know we knew him okay that helps. from Michael Page <laughs> uh, we knew he was good we knew he'd achieved a lot um, yeah. we trusted him we bought into him yeah. Uh, it was yeah we, we we knew it wasn't a, it wasn't as much of a, a chance or a, a yeah, bit of, yeah. it wasn't a gamble really we yeah. we knew what we were getting mm-hmm. um, and you know he wanted to, he didn't want to do it on his own he, that and that really for him was really the the, the main the benefit was, yeah. was like not being on his own at home doing it yeah I think lots of people want to set up their own recruitment businesses but they don't want to don't do it on their they own. don't want to do it on their own yeah I couldn't agree more that's come up a lot. I mean, I wouldn't have wanted to have done it on my own, I don't think. I don't yeah. think I'd have been able to, but I, I wouldn't wanted to do it on my own. Yeah. So I understand that. And, yeah. like, we're all human beings. We're social animals. We mm. don't want to, yeah, be feel isolated. Yeah. And I think it takes a special individual who can do it on their own and grow it. Mm. So, again, just to sort of have clarity and frame up. So then, and then how long has 11 Investments been going now? Yeah, it must be four years. Four years. And then, so in that time, um, you've invested in six recruitment businesses. Yeah, but that, I mean, that's we've, we've been going year. nearly six years. Six years, Research yeah. was the first well, research, one. Yeah, but, so, so yeah, since research, there are five other recruitment businesses yeah. that operate. And then that story you were just sharing was this, the second one, yeah. technically, and then since then. Okay. Since then, four more, yeah. So, what, so let's dive into this then. So what, for me, so when I ask you, what are the common misconceptions like, that people make in, in people that invest in recruitment businesses what come to mind for you when, when I I, that? I think it doesn't take as much money as people think it might yeah because that is the mentality isn't it oh yeah okay yeah I want to do it on my own but then Joe's going to take all my money well no yeah okay no I mean it doesn't take m- as much investment oh sorry okay, yeah. as people think yeah uh, but yeah people also think that they're going to get a rough deal yeah and someone's going to take all their money yeah, yeah, yeah of course yeah. they do so as so so sorry the answer sorry to cut in there so the answer was people make the assumption that it's way more money is needed yeah. from, like, from an investor yeah. to get people started. Yeah. And, and invest, I'm sure investors lead people to believe it's going to be really expensive because mm. then that creates this illusion that it's prohibitive and you're not going to be able to yeah. do it on your own. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- th- sometimes it doesn't cost that much money. Sometimes it does. You know, you, if things don't go well immediately and then you need a bit more of runway, whatever it might be. Yeah. But yeah, to set up and function... It's fundamentally 
apart from all the support that you need, if mm. you want to do it you've already got way. that, right? Yeah, we've but all got that yeah, all in-house yeah, yeah, yeah. now. Yeah, but, you know, we started with three of us and three laptops and three phones, and we looked at each other and went, we just better start calling some people. <laughs> and, like, that that's how you start. That's yeah. how we started. That's how you started, yeah. And if you want to start and grow slowly, you can do that on your own, or, or maybe not grow. Mm. You can do that on your own. Mm. But I believe... Yeah, we've gone off a bit topic now talking about here, but yeah, yeah. we've got a platform and a central a central function that can mm -hmm. help with everything else. Mm -hmm. So yeah, one common misconception is it's expensive to set up a business. Mm. Um, second common misconception is yeah, and it might not be a misconception. It might happen. Lots of other investors do drive a hard bargain. Mm. Um, I think that's fair. I think it's got. I think there are some well known people in the industry who, in in the recruitment world. Don't necessarily have a great reputation. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So. So what? What would be a terrible deal? Like, what would be if I said to you, Joe? Look, I'm good, Billa. I've yeah. Got, I've got a bit of a business plan here. I want to, I've always wanted to have my own recruitment business. Like, what are the red flags I need to be looking at if I'm going through that investment process? So talking about there, as you said, some people, yeah, do drive down margins, or it's not a very good deal. Like, what what are just the red flags that really simply people can really look out for? I think you need to the things that you should look out for. You need to get your contracts looked at properly. Okay. So, by a lawyer. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. I think a lot of people people brush over that, haven't they? Gallop into these things enthusiastically. Yeah read skim read a contract and don't realize that they've got a they can't get they can't buy their investor out or they can't um have an earn out or whatever it might be yeah, they're locked yeah, yeah. in and they don't own any of their ip or they don't own any of their data or they don't own any they don't own their website or that you know, there's yeah. i think i believe I don't, as i said i don't know an awful lot about it but i believe these are the sorts of things that you should yeah so work. i mean quite yeah plain and simple Get, make sure that it's not just you looking on your contracts over while you're eating dinner and like <laughs> yeah. get someone to actually professionally look and go through it with a yeah I yeah. think that's sensible I think also yeah don't give yeah you don't have to give too much away but in terms of equity or to, or revenue or whatever it might be but also like 100% of nothing is not worth as much as 50% of a lot mm. so what do you mean? So, uh, what do you say? And at the start, you could be quite easy to be like, "Yeah, okay, yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm happy to give away forty percent because then at that point, it's forty percent of hundred percent yeah, nothing." But. Either that, either that, or yeah, or if you see the value in what will be, mm. what will be added back to your business, then you should think you should definitely think about that because there are plenty of people I've met over the years who have decided to do it on their own and they haven't managed to grow it at all. Mm. And there are people who have decided to do it on their own and they've had some success. Mm. Okay. Um, and it's about identifying what you're not good at mm -hmm. and getting that help elsewhere. Mm. So, been doing this for a good couple of years now. Yeah. What for you personally? Then, what what have been some of the sort of biggest learnings that you've experienced in meeting potentially people that you're investing in, building relationships with people, seeing different uh, recruitment entrepreneurs? Like, what for you personally? Like, how how's this journey been for you, and some of the things that you picked up on? and learnings for yourself? I think... Because um, you've never done this before, right? No. Yeah. I never, every day's a... Every That's day's what I mean. It's so like, what, every how... Every day's a school what, day. What, yeah, so I'd love to just sort of hear your perspective on some of the things that you've personally been learning and things you've been picking up on. So I think focus is important. Mm. Um, and by focus, I mean 
um, identifying a target market you want to work in and then staying in, sticking to that. Well, not, not necessarily forever staying in it, but mm. identifying yeah, a niche or whatever it might be mm. or a... Um, it, whatever it is, it could be a geography, it could be a discipline that you recruit into, it could be a sector, but have a focus and have a have a plan. How important is it having, having a niche or focus, would uh, you say? I mean, if you want to do well, yeah. I think it's important. I, I, th yeah. I, I think it's important. Yeah, no, the, the reason why I'm just pushing on that is that that's come up a lot. Yeah, I, and I do, I'm reticent to be like, completely 100% you at, but, but I do think it's, it's really yeah. important. Like, you, could, you could go and set up a recruitment company and call loads of people you know and say, yeah, I'll, I'll recruit this for you and I'll recruit yeah, that for yeah, you. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure people are good enough to make some money, but I don't think you do as well as if you have a proper focus. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. And that definitely helps early on as well, right? When when you can be prone to saying yes to stuff because you need to get I mean, we did, <laughs> we did a variety of stuff when really? we started, yeah. You've got to be in the yes game, haven't you, quite early on? We just, get cash in the we bank. gave some stuff a go. But there were three of us and I think that's really, yeah. it's really important to set that mm. that tone. It's like there were three of us and we were doing, we were yeah, we were all playing to our strengths even from the beginning. So having a focus, having a bit of a, yeah, having a, bit of a focus, having a plan, anything yeah. else that you've really sort of picked up on and learnt from having these meetings, sitting down with people that you've picked up on? I mean, people are up for helping startups. People are up for yeah. helping startups. People want, the underdog to do well people oh as in as in end clients as in end clients yeah, or yeah. candidates or whatever it is you know yeah. you you won't you you might not find it as hard to win work really maybe you're scared that. especially yeah. if you're coming for a big business because I believed at a period of time I believed oh did I believe this I don't know you definitely lean towards the only reason you're doing what you're doing is because you work for this big business and yeah yeah and you know, we got as many opportunities because we weren't in a big business as, as we lost. We got more opportunities that we won than we lost. No, I think that's a really interesting insight and it's, it's come up a lot recently. So I've had a couple of conversations with people that did start a recruitment business um, on their own and one of the first exercises that they did, and this has been quite common, is to go onto their LinkedIn and go, right, out of my networks, who can help me? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the apple doesn't need to fall far yeah. from the tree. You just need to tell people what you do. Yeah. Tell people what you're doing, and then and, and then also ask for help. Yeah, as in as in okay, as in externally to besides Any, anyone. Yeah, like sales as recruiters and salespeople. Yeah, we naturally think that um, naturally think that other people will think that you need help. I don't know if I'm making sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, a lot of people you say say to someone I've set my own business mm. you don't like they, they might be oh, they might work in I don't know they might be a teacher or whatever and they might be like oh that's great well done for you mm. they might think you're doing really well and you don't need any help you don't need yeah, to yeah. know about their mate who wants yeah. you to hire them somebody you have to not only do you have to tell people what you're doing you have to tell them that you would like it if they could help you yeah, yeah, yeah I get it and that's come up a lot as well has it? yeah ge genuinely so I think there's two things as you're saying so the, the sort of initial point was um, don't underestimate the amount of businesses that generally will be willing to give you a chance yeah. back in the underdog smaller grown business coming on the journey with you hi look my name's Joe just started this business this is our mission this is what we're doing you know what Joe I'll give you a chance and, and one of the first one of the first roles we recruited yeah. was a we'd sold a retainer yeah. to a business in the I can't remember exactly where it was now in like in the Cayman Islands somewhere yeah <laughs> it was one of the first bits of work we did yeah it's mad 
Yeah. Yeah. So don't under so anyone thinking of yeah going out there starting on their own don't underestimate the amount of people that be willing to help right and then the other part to that is one don't assume um, yeah you were saying don't be scared or don't be reluctant to reach out to people and say look Joe I'm I'm struggling or I'm thinking about this or I'm having this challenge like any advice as in seek advice for you as a business owner from other people yeah I mean yeah from other people definitely even yeah. from you know. I had a really great experience when when um, when we first set up the research. I reached out to people who can't remember how now. I think through through introductions actually um, mm. reached out to other recruitment businesses. It, like they're like not far from competing in our space. They they are really competitors. And um, Richard from we are Adam or Adam in Manchester and yeah. Leon. Both of them met. I mean. So what, how R- is Richard? That? Richard bought me like a steak and a pint and taught me through, yeah. like crazy. That's the crazy thing. I never met him, and uh, he was introed through a mate of mine who was one of our first clients, and we were recruiting whatever we could for him. Mm. And they introed he introed us, and he was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll meet him and whatever." Bought me lunch, bought me a mm. pint. Um, so I think that that's a really important thing to highlight here. And again, it's, this is just coming up so much now that. To, that when you've actually when you went through that and you you may be a bit worried how people are going to receive that or we might be a bit competitive you may not want to speak to me stuff like that but the reception of these people when you've reached out or introduced or whatever has actually been really welcoming and people have been willing to help it's crazy like when you come <laughs> out, when you get out of that the big corporate yeah. and you understand how I believe entrepreneurs of smaller businesses have a different mindset and they everyone wants to help each other out why, why do you think they're willing to help other people out I think if this is, I'm sure this has become part of your big driver now as well like how willing you are to help other people yeah. as well as it being a business opportunity obviously, yeah, we'll, we'll generally. Try, I'll, try, I'll help people where I can help them yeah. in or out of recruitment mm. I f- truly believe that what you what you give you get back mm. um, paying it forward yeah all of that because recruiters don't typically stuff. aren't painted with that brush are they no of course they're, of course they're not but you know we're products of the industry that we've that was you know, we we, we were all yeah, we were all managed by people who were knocking about in the. Mm. Well, for me, I'm nearly well, not, I'm nearly thirty seven. So like, you know, I, my my people who were managing me were they were recruiting in the nineties. Like yeah, it was man. a different world. Completely different world. Yeah. So like you you're being trained by people who were. So it's understandable. Mm. So yeah, we we. No, I'm not. I'm no saint. I'm not. You know, I'm not an angel. But we try and help each other out. Yeah. Um, why do I think they? Did, but I think they felt the same. I think mm. they wanted to see other people succeed. Mm. I think, um, yeah, I think it's great. Okay, so having a focus, um, having a bit of a niche plan, um, don't underestimate the amount of businesses that would be willing to give you a chance, back the underdog. Yeah, as you're talking and sharing the story of, again, don't be surprised how many people would be willing to help you. Anything else that sort of you've really picked up on over the last couple of years before? I, don't, I think you need to like don't complicate it too much. Mm. Um, in what respect? Just as as in, I'm going to start a recruitment business tomorrow. Don't overcomplicate how I'm going to execute that. Or yeah, yeah. Okay. I think that's. I think that's some people. As in, some people just overthink it a bit too. Yeah, much. I think they probably do. Yeah, we are. We work in a. You know, it's a. It's a broken environment. You know, we we are we're an introducer. Yeah. So we're dealing with people. People mm-hmm. like people. If your mm-hmm. old clients like you. And you like them, and you reach out and like say, "Look, I can do what I did for you before, but I'm going to do it 
like the same but better or yeah, yeah. it's like whatever you don't have to try and recreate sure. reinvent the wheel yeah just be a decent person good person yeah so in in the last couple of years then like what and i'm sure this is something you've become obviously much more better and attuned to but like what are the sort of core things you look at when you're considering investing in a villa who's really seriously thinking about starting their own business. So like, what are the core things that you, I'm sure, this is what I'm sure you've got better at, right? Looking at, what what do you look for? I need a track record of success. Okay. Um, and is that just billings or is that finding out how well they've managed people, is that, or is that? Look, if, it's, if they're just billers and they want to go out and set their own thing up and be on their own and, and do that, then, mm. then great, I'll mm. have a chat with them. Mm. Um, because I'm open to conversations. But if we're going to um, invest in someone and build a business around them and th- believe that they can grow something, even if it's just five to 10 people, mm-hmm. they, I believe they need to have established recruitment experience. They have to have a, a solid track record in the market they, that they want to work in. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, ideally for five years. I was going to say any like sort of key milestones. I think so. Like there's a, you know, we're opportunistic. I think I've said that we will. Yeah, it doesn't take, always have to be five years exact. Take but, things on face value or take yeah. them as they come rather. But mm. that's a general guideline. I really? think. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. people who are got a bit of experience, got a bit of get up and go about them, mm-hmm. got a whole load of ambition mm. to. And that that comes in a variety of ways. You know, it doesn't they don't have to want to take over the world. They can be yeah. ambitious to be on their own, running their own life, and building as much as they need to build to live the life they want to lead. Like mm-hmm. that's ambition. That's ambitious enough. But they need to have the drive to get up and make it happen. Yeah. And what what's been your experience in like how important is it to do it? Obviously, I know part of this environment and what you offer, but like how how important is it to do it with other people? Would you say? Like how much of an impact can that have? I mean, for me, yeah, uh, I. You wouldn't want to do it. Right? I couldn't. I, I, nah, I couldn't yeah. do it on my own. I couldn't have done it on my own. Yeah. Um, I could have done some deals and I could have made some money. Might not have enjoyed it. I wouldn't have enjoyed it anywhere near as much. Really? I'm I'm good at the bits that I'm good at, but I really appreciate what Charlie and Andy are good at. Mm. And um, okay. uh, for me, it takes a really really special person to be able to build something on their own yeah and I'm yeah that's not me mm. um okay I uh yeah there's some, obviously there are several people who've done it mm. um but I think they're really really rare mm. what so for you then what what makes like a, a market or business more attractive than others because I'm sure you've turned away people as well and not invested in people so yeah what so we're speaking about the typical things someone that yeah, it's clearly got the motivation, has got a good track record, but for you, I mean, again, I'm sure this is something you've become more attuned to, but what, what particular things you think make people, markets, businesses more attractive than others? So we are, look, we'll, we'll, take, we'll have a look at anything. Yeah. And we are not experts in every recruitment market. Of course. We're, we're investors who still recruit. Yeah. So we, 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 we know about recruiting in 2020, as we are today. That helps. We're not investors who tell you how it yeah, used did, to did be. did it like 15, 20 yeah. years ago. Yeah, so yeah, we're yeah. still doing it. That so, massively helps, yeah. So we value other people's insight into their markets. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's interesting if fee sizes are large or fee yeah. volume is enormous. It's interesting if there is not a particularly good competitor landscape. It's interesting if... 
I believe it's a growing market. Mm. However, um, I don't get too caught up on the, the kind of growth market thing. First of all, I'm not like, I'm, I'm no um, tech entrepreneur. I'm not yeah. going to tell you what's going to be the next yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not here telling you that we're only going to do robotics or sure. augmented reality or yeah, whatever yeah. it might be. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to be said for operating in a traditional market and doing it in a modern way. Mm -hmm. So um, finance recruitment is huge and we're yet to find the person we want to partner with to, to build that out, but mm. that would be really exciting. Marketing as an example, you know, mm. three searches a marketing recruiter basically. Yeah. Um, historically that's been dominated by large marketing yeah. recruiters, large traditional marketing recruiters. And I think that's, we're starting to see that change now. There are um, more agile, yeah. um, smaller, newer businesses who are um, up for trying new technologies, new recruitment technologies, adopting new ways of working, slightly tweaking the way that we generate candidates, share yeah, yeah, candidates, yeah. engage with candidates and clients. And you know, we're, you know, us, us smaller businesses are often as often as not you know beating the bigger guys to the punch mm. um, and you know placing roles in competitive briefs when they've not been able to fight the find the right candidates we, we've we have a lot of that exposure at the moment have um have you picked so a lot of people talking about America aren't they after, yeah like, do, do you know what I mean so yeah. have, have you had any exposure experience speak to people about that I don't know if any of the brands that operate in the states but yeah I think a lot of people say yeah you know what I'll start my own I'm going to focus on America it's way bigger fees all that like what have you, yeah what's been your sort of learnings or experiences there I've been yeah no we over the last four or five months we've been asked by some of our bigger clients to run searches in the states for really? them because they haven't been happy with the local agencies mm. or their internal teams haven't managed to do it so yeah. we've got some really great um clients of ours who've championed us to be able to do that for them awesome and it's gone really well and so now naturally we're looking at that as an option yeah. and that's something that Andy in 3Search Andy's looking at um, I, I was in New York recently and I met, oh, really? I met with a couple of clients and a couple of recruiters out there and yeah, I mean, it's the numbers that are being discussed yeah. is really exciting, and yeah, it's a big old scary place. And what, what 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 are the actual realities that from your perspective? Because a lot a lot of recruiters can just chat shit, quite frankly. So like, what are the actual reality of? Can you actually earn bigger fees? Are the tip are the numbers over there actually bigger than? It depends. I think it depends what market you operate in. Yeah. I, I met a, literally a couple of recruiters. One who I've been introduced to through somebody I trust implicitly. Yeah. And somebody I've known for fifteen years. Yeah. So I trust. What, what, what they they're say, telling yeah, yeah, me, fair. Um, and the one of them was billing three or four times what she was billing here. Really, and, and it's the and same sort like, of skill set. Like, How are you doing that? And she's yeah. like, because the fees are three the or fees, four yeah, times fair So the yeah, salaries are twice. The market as much. obviously is a huge factor, but yeah, yeah. The salaries are twice as much, and they charge bigger percentages. Yeah, this makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> so like, why wouldn't you? And then yeah. thinking about hearing about the numbers they do, and I'm like. Mm. Right. That's how can we how can we have a bit of that without losing what we've got here? Like mm -hmm. we are well networked in London, and we're not about to turn our back on. Yeah. On the, about turn our back on any of our markets, but yeah, yeah we we want to grow our exposure internationally from London to begin with. Okay. Um, and yeah, we've had success from San Francisco to Tokyo and mm. a variety. I of think a lot of people underestimate how much you can do being in the like servicing the, whatever country it is not in that country. Yeah. A lot of people underestimate that from the conversations I've had is I think maybe some people just do think a bit too much on 
oh, I'm not sure. Would they be? Able, would they trust me? Like, would would I be credible if they know I'm in London and I'm recruiting them such and such? But yeah. so many people do it. So many people. I think you. I think it's look, it's always going to be better if you have that talent or that pool of talent in the right geography. Yeah. Then like, I don't know. Maybe that's always going to win. But yeah. uh, I think we've got some great recruitment talent in the UK and um, we're able to outperform people in other markets. Mm. And look, there's a big market out there. Like, there's enough to go around. It's business, isn't there? Yeah. Um, so, tracking back a bit, um, like how, and I already, I always speak to business owners around this and it sort of gets mixed answers and mixed experiences, but like for you, when you're looking at investing in, in people and, and their business, like how important is it to have a business plan like and that's really basic but like how I know you said they're about having a bit of a focus and whatever but like for you investing in someone to back someone like how important is it for them to have a business plan and if so what are like the core things that need to be in that no I, I'm not a, I'm not a planner really <laughs> that's uh, the thing neither, like, when I started mine I had a business plan hadn't looked at it for about four months yeah so but I definitely but sat down good, and thought about yeah, it like, yeah you yeah. had a plan and look I we had a plan because yeah. I was bullied into writing a plan. Like I just, <laughs> yeah. my my view was, boys, we just need to get on the phone yeah, and like yeah, yeah. start making some get placements. And, smash it out, yeah. and I still kind of believe in that. Yeah. You do need a plan. You need you need some sort of you need something to fall back on. Yeah. But I don't think you should be restricted. You shouldn't be handcuffed too much by, oh, I said that to, this month I was going to be doing this or yeah, this. Yeah, you yeah. just need to kind of roll with the punches and. Yeah, as okay. Mr. Tyson said, everyone's got a plan to yeah. get punched in the face. You, yeah, got, so don't, over, to, um, don't overthink that. I basically. think, I, yeah, I, I, I look, it, it's down to the individual. Mm. My my business partner, Andy, would not be able to, he, he would feel as uncomfortable with not having a plan as I would with having yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, it. like, it's all, about, it's all about you. I think it's yeah, important yeah. to have, like, some sort of idea of what you're going to go and do. Yeah. But you need to be flexible. So when I've asked that to people, and then they've, they've, they've had their own recruitment business for like three years, four years, longer, um, what they sort of, when they reflect on that in hindsight is for them, they would have made a bit more time to think about the purpose. Like, yeah, cool. how, why, like why am I actually, why am I doing, why do I want to start my own recruitment business? Yeah. Like, how important is that? To know That's that? difficult when you've got three different people three different opinions three different plans in the room when you first yeah that's definitely hard our our plans were different you know i I wanted to be in and out in five years yeah charlie wanted to do about 10 to 15 and i think andy wanted to probably take over the world i should imagine (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so that's that's definitely hard yeah when there's other people other yeah i I think what i think it's look it's important to know where you're heading because if you don't especially when you've got a team because if you don't know where you're heading you can't plan how you're going to get there mm. therefore you can't create a vision that you you sell to your business so that you keep everyone as engaged as possible yeah. like the need I under, I now understand more than I did the importance of um, having a journey that other people buy journey into vision, yeah. like that's re- that is really and is that really do you important. look so then when you're looking to invest in an, in an individual like is it, do you try and dig for that and like find like why no. why do you want to start no this? we don't try really? and dig for that what what we what we would do is we we would educate mm. the raw talent that we get okay because i didn't believe in that when i was starting really? out on my own so i can't discriminate against or not invest in someone because yeah they don't either like it, people people want to work with us cuz they cuz they see the value in what we can bring yeah. and part of that is how we guide people to build their businesses. Mm. 
Okay, that's fair enough. So when do you know you're ready to start a recruitment business? <laughs> like where, like when, when, what are some of the things that you, you might have noticed this, that people got to sit, maybe plateau, maybe got to position where you sort of did, but like, what are some of the things that you picked up on or again, everyone's an individual, but like, when, when do you know? Look, I think you know when you've started it. I think you, I think <laughs> you know you're ready to do it when you're in it and you're not looking back going, this was a mistake. Yeah. You know, at no point have I ever reconsidered what we've done. Really? No. Yeah. From, from, the, from the moment we resigned yeah. to, yeah, never been, never looked back. But any like, maybe, again, people that are thinking about it, like any sort of key milestones in maybe my career or certain achievements that I've done, and I'm like, because I'm sure everyone has that thought, right, I increased my billions by 120K this year, I've got that promotion, I wonder what that would have been like if I, that was for myself. Do you know what I mean? I think that, that mentality of, okay, I built 350k this year. Oh, I wonder how much I would have earned. If that yeah, was for I, me. Mean, Do you know what I mean, if you're just if you're just in it for the money, yeah. like if you're in it for the money and you're billing, you know, 200 grand, well, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to put. So many people build so many different amounts in different markets. So yeah, it's yeah, hard. Yeah. But if you're billing decent money, you know you're you're in a you're a good biller in the market that you operate in, mm. and you're you you want to earn as much money as possible. Then I believe you should be doing it on your own, or you should be doing it in a smaller environment where you've got a bit of yeah, flexibility. Know, yeah. Do, yeah, yeah, if that's so, what if you just if that's what you're all about. Yeah, because I, th I think that's the thing, isn't it? Because it's like again, it's hard to know when you're ready. I could definitely agree. Like when I decided to. To go go on my own, and then I made that decision. Then I was in. I was like, "Fucking, hell, I'm so glad I've done that." You definitely have those feelings, right? But I'm just trying to think. People listening who have that comfort blanket, or it is comfortable in the sort of environment business they're in right now, where you've just seen a lot of people that you have invested in or thought about it that have gone on to be a success, and just common things that where they've got to in their career that typically has given them a good platform of experience and stuff to give them the best possible chance of being successful. I know everyone's different, but well, yeah. I mean, what I did was. I knew I didn't want to be in the position I was in for 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 much longer. Yeah, I um, believed I had the potential to do something without corporate support, mm. um, and I create I saved enough money to be able to not make a fee and not draw any money from a business for six months. Think about like, Yeah. <laughs> Swine dining. <laughs> uh, and then, um, okay. And then like, if it doesn't work, if you're a good recruiter, that's the thing. If it yeah, doesn't work. Like, what is like, what, what is the worst, what's what is the worst, worst case scenario? What's the worst going to happen? You have to get a job again. Yeah. I think that is, that is, I love the fact that you just said that. Cause I think that, that is it. And it's like, if you like, you're never going to know if, you, if you, until you actually do it and go, you know what, the last six months, two months, have a long, it's fucking horrible, I'm never doing that again, never wanna have my own recruitment business, you're not gonna have that itch then, when I go then work, no. work back for my Joe Curtis, my manager, or whoever it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's just really important to remember that, right? I think, yeah, I think people are, uh, yeah, they're, they're not up for it because they worry about the, like how bad it could be if it doesn't work out, but they actually don't really think about it because, if they did, then they'd be reassured that it's not the end. Of, like the worst case scenario is you're going to be back in the position you're in now, yeah. working for somebody else. Um, 
how how realistic do you think it is to grow a recruitment company organically these days in today's market? Uh, what do you mean? So, so obviously you invest in people, right? Which part of that means that if I'm someone who wants to start a recruitment business tomorrow, I could potentially hire people straight away. I could grow my recruitment business more quickly, right? So someone that's like, you know what, I definitely I wouldn't want to get invested in or do it on my own. Like from what you've seen and these sorts of things, like how in today's market, how realistic is it or how quickly can you actually grow a recruitment business organically without investment? Uh, I think it depends on the person who's growing. Obviously, it depends on the person who's growing the business. Mm. Simple yeah. as that. Simple as that. Yeah. Like some people are a very, very... I think it's a very, very small minority of people who are able to do that. Yeah. That's right. Um, and I... Yeah, and there are some, there are some obvious examples of people who have, who have done it. But like, I believe it's easier to mm. grow quicker when you collaborate with people and you all, yeah. you all, it makes sense, I think, that you yeah. all do what you're good at and then you help each other out. Yeah. Uh, to me, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You don't get many, you don't even get many amazing billers who are good at managing, yeah, let alone yeah. who also then know how their finance right, works, yeah, 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 know how stuff. to run their own marketing or can, are good at hiring people to work for them and good at training people. Like, yeah. it's so, it's <laughs> like, it is one in, thousands of people who are who can do all of that yeah so how much how much equity would i typically be looking at giving away then if i'm going to start a recruitment business it completely depends what you're bringing to the table really depends if you want to invest any money how much you want to invest how much salary you want to take how much there's not a one yeah, size yeah, fits yeah, all yeah. answer to that uh, it depends really any any for people listening, like if it's just quite simply, but it's on a case by case basis. It's on a case by case basis. Yeah. But yeah. like, if you're interested in speaking to an investor, we will give you a better deal. <laughs> like that. That's just like. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we are. I can't answer. I can't answer the I'll question get, yeah, because, I'll get, I'll get because it, like yeah. also then I would be insinuating what so deals I'm on with other people. So and that's yeah, they're, they're yeah, all different. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. a difficult question to answer. No, no, I get that, mate. Um, so what what have been what have been some of the success stories so far then, mate, which you've been part of and been able to, yeah, as you said, collaborate with and make happen that there's been interest in and things you've learned. Like what have been some of the success stories? I mean, we're all we're every business we've launched is still going, still profitable. Yeah, that, Touch wood. That helps. Um, we have, yeah, I mean, we've grown from three of us to sixty of us in less than six years. Yeah. Um, we've outgrown four offices. That's something you don't think about, finding your next office. Yeah. That's a bit of a pain. <laughs> so every uh, every nine months to a year, once we're in our first office, we've had to find another one. Mm. Um, because we didn't want to go into the shared space. We didn't want to do all that. Yeah. We um, wanted to have, like, yeah, you're right. Our own you space, yeah. as you, yeah, you can see, our own our own space. Yeah. Um, Why do you think you've been able to do, achieve that? Because a lot, of, when I sit down with agency owners, which obviously you, you are, um, the mo probably one of the most common questions I get is Hisham I'm at that sort of 5-10 head mark I can't get past I can't get past it I can't scale past I'm that. not surprised like yeah. I can't imagine how hard that must be on your own why is that honestly why you, I can't yeah. get my head around it, around <laughs> how people do it yeah uh, because you are we're operating in such a competitive landscape where every single recruitment company in London would take a good recruiter yeah, I know. Uh, in the UK, there are what, like 40,000 recruitment businesses and 9,000 or something set up every year. <laughs> like, it is a mental, it's unregulated, it is, 
Yeah. Um, it's so difficult to attract and retain talent. Yeah. Um, Has that been a focus for you guys? That, that's pre- it's pretty much still all I do. Yeah, Reti- like, like focusing on retaining. Wow, well, no, I, I've, <laughs> I focus on attracting them. <laughs> other, other people retain them. I, uh, but I think a lot of people. So I did a um, podcast with uh, a chap yesterday called Indie, runs a business called Oakwell Hampton, excess free, then energized and started his own Manchester based recruitment business. Yeah. And so what was really interesting about him, and why I'm telling you this, is that so there's three of them that started this business, and he, he had, since starting the business, he'd never got on the phone. Yeah, and and the reason for that was his biggest skill set was um, maximizing the people in the business. So from day one, which I don't think many people have, from day one, being a small grown business, they had someone in the four walls just dedicated to retaining the new billers, training, da da da. And I think that's where that's one of the big things when you're a smaller business is that you've got to wear all these different hats and you can't just focus on retaining. You've got to focus on attracting these types of things. Yeah. So we, we when before we'd set up the business, yeah, we knew that. Charlie was going to manage the people. Mm. Andy is a great tactician. He was going to fill loads of jobs. Yes, and you knew, I, and you I was going to... So, so when we first started, I was going to win the work. Andy was going to fill it. Yeah. And Charlie was going to do a bit of both. And then when we had staff, Charlie was going to manage them. Yeah. And now, I still try and find us new clients. Yeah. But I find new people for us to work for us. I find new people to invest in. Yeah, but yeah. that's really that's really it. Yeah, and then yeah. I'm the, the point person that all the individual companies speak to. Mm. Um, but... Charlie still still runs most of our biggest business. Um, Andy still, you know, he has a smaller team, but you know he still is incredibly well networked in his space. He's still speaking to clients and candidates. Yeah, he's um, yeah look, doing this the US thing for us. Yeah. Um, for us, that that that's the reason we've managed to we've managed to have the success we have is because we've got three very distinct skill sets. Skill sets yeah. Very, we're quite different. Individuals, yeah, um, okay. in our in a load of ways, like yeah. how we want to plan, how we focus, how we operate, yeah. And where on on that, like where where do you think? So, answer a just a couple of questions around attracting and, and retain, retaining. Like where where do you think a lot of recruitment businesses get it wrong on retaining their staff, and retaining consultants in their business? Um, they don't maybe they don't listen to they don't pay much attention to if they're that happy or not mm. um, uh, they don't treat them with autonomy as they should or as much respect as they should or mm. yeah a whole variety of stuff they don't mm. they don't provide f- the right benefits or the right environment or mm. um, yeah I think it's I think a lot of it is about understanding why people are there yeah and then you know what why why are why are these guys working why are they here mm. why are they working for us why are they not working for somebody else mm. if you uh, and do they know where they're going and, and, and they need to know where they're going yeah, like, yeah. you need that like, this vision thing is yeah yeah and so then that's got to be individual and like so again it came out of the indie conversation where like he w- actively finds out okay joe like what what where do you, what do you want to look like in a year's time in this business like yeah. what does success look like what does your career look like what yeah and, and work out where to promote and things like that which obviously everyone wants a career progression career progression people want that it's really difficult like yeah. we've got several people you know three such about 30 odd people now yeah not everyone can become a manager like in the next six months yeah. not everyone can become a senior manager in the next 12 there's you've got it's, it's difficult to to um 
to um, manage your whole the whole team the whole mm. guys that w the, the whole bunch of people who are on that journey with you mm. and I think what's important is Ch Charlie and Andy getting their heads around as well managing managers so we've yeah. now got a level of management underneath Charlie and Andy that we didn't have we're talking a lot about three search now but, yeah, that's yeah. Fine. but under that that platform that we didn't have previously so yeah. we've sort of I think a lot of people also don't think of that or end up doing that as well which is really important yeah you wouldn't like you, you just don't think of that. So we, <laughs> we've had you know, we've, we've had help externally to help train help train and develop us, yeah. as well as the team. You know, we're yeah. we're constantly looking to try and improve um, us at every level, from the from the from us mm. right the way through to everybody else who works. And then how? The and then your experience. And again, biggest challenge attracting people to recruitment business which is obviously the most ironic thing ever but yeah well how, how has that been for you as you said scale to 60 circa 60 heads what's been your learnings and experience in, in getting better at getting people that you want and good quality through the door if that's something that you actively try and always do so we yeah i mean through all the usual channels i use linkedin a lot i use my network a lot i get the team to help refer people they know and i use very very few rec to recs mm. um and we we have started to create a decent level of content and marketing mm. to talk about what we're like as an employer and mm. push that out as much as we can mm. to to engage with potential potential employees for us as well as our own sure. our own dedicated yeah, workforce. We now have somebody who's in who looks after our employee engagement, and that's both internally and externally. Yeah, and that's not about and that has, talent has, acquisition on has, the phone. Has it's that about had a big, marketing. Huge, has that had a big impact? Yeah, it's had a huge impact. Like, mm. it's really helpful. Really helpful. Um, and it's something that yeah, I now fully believe in. Yeah. And on the hiring part, always interested. Again, I'm sure you've had some experiences, learnings of this hiring triggers getting better at understanding when I should get people through the business, right? Yeah, it's what, a really good question. Yeah, because I think, again, people are interested in like, people can be quite reactive, can't they? Oh, Joe's had a good month this month, let's get another Joe in, like, let's do this, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, what what have you learned there? And, and we, we were really, we were, we've been quite um, structured about that from the beginning. Really? So f before we hired our first person, we wanted X amount of money in the bank. Yeah. And then when we hired our second person, we wanted to have six months salaries for everybody in the bank before we hired. Six months salary, yeah. yeah, interesting. And then we did that again and we kept doing that. And then we thought that actually, that was probably too much, that like, was probably in, too cautious. Yeah. Um, and so, Do you have data to back with that? Sorry to cut in. Nah, no data. Not like that was, that was, like that. No, nah, that, okay. was, that was my, <laughs> <laughs> that was me thinking that's what we should do um, or, or Charlie or Andy or us together or yeah. something um, and then but then so we look at we now look at yeah cash mm. revenue pipeline yeah. and activity and like where we see we can grow Right, so we have we now have targeted areas that we want to grow within the businesses that we have mm. and that again that's helped um, mm. with Amelia helping to map out uh, internally where all the where all the directors Easily, think yeah. they can grow um, and what are some of the key milestones you look for like obviously in the different brands and stuff I'm sure they, they, they're all hiring one or higher yeah are there any sort of key milestones that are worth that it, it needs the business needs to be making enough money per head per head so yeah. that it's still profitable when you hire somebody else 
What does that per head typically look like? Obviously, it can change, but yeah, typically, change, what do you want to aim that for? 10 to 15, depending yeah. on the market. Yeah, I think Indy said, he, yeah, around, uh, they, they have Cube 19, which he said has just been brilliant. Um, and they look around the sort of circa 12, 12, 12 grand per head. That was in like a perm team of like yeah. four people. But we would, we would, if we're getting loads of opportunity to make more money, we know that we're going to get opportunity there. We, we would look at a lower productivity. But yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we tend, it tends to be up above 12 and above, yeah. Mm. Um, and then just out of interest, complete curiosity, how, so how have you like cultivated this culture here? Because I think that's really interesting, right? So you've got six different businesses under this roof. Yeah. What's that like? And how have you, how, again, clearly you're someone, and where this has all come from is, we can do more together, collaborating, stuff like that. So I'm sure that's completely in this culture, but like, yeah, how's that been? We have created an environment where people want to be, people yeah. want to come to work, yeah. people enjoy working with each other. Yeah. We, we hire people who share our values. We, yeah. um, we try to anyway. We have a nice time. We, <laughs> uh, we enjoy each other's company. We uh, pay people well. We mm. give them a bit of flexibility. We give them autonomy. We, yeah. If they want some training, we'll help them. If they want to go and do a course, we'll help them. If they want to go to a conference, we'll help them. If they want, you know, we're not, we're, it's not a structured set directive environment. Yeah. Um, yeah, mainly because none of us want to like crack the whip and be really, really ruthless with KPIs and manage them. But like we we do run KPIs, we do yeah. measure people's activities. Yeah, they're important, aren't they? But we hire people who are self motivated and who want to help each other out. Yeah, and we don't hire. Yeah, so you just really, so yeah, everyone, every, every, you just really cultivate that in that in there. That every, yeah, but I, I, I truly believe everyone wants to be here. I truly yeah. believe. Because we ask them in, on anonymous surveys yeah. what, what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. Yeah. Um, and the reason people stay, they tell us, is because of the culture. Yeah. And then they ask yeah. to work from home one day a week and we say, no, you can't do that because then the culture goes. <laughs> so we communicate that back to them that we're not about to do flexible working for everybody and we're not yeah. about to do that because the whole reason you guys are here is because you want to be here. Mm. So yeah, for employees of the businesses in here, mm. it's about the culture. Yeah, I think that's a shoot. Whenever I've spoken to, I mean, I'm in the position myself, but I was chatting to a guy today who started his own recruitment business. There's just two of them. Started about two years ago, got a WeWork membership, fucking hated it. I'm six months in and like now he's at home. And like, I think that's a huge sell being part of this culture if you're starting your own business. I think that's what yeah. a lot of people just really want. And if they can have access to that, that massively helps. Uh, um, yeah, I think, I believe so. And I believe. The, the new sharing office environment is great for a load of biz, load of businesses and for a load of a load of um, a load of startups and a load of industries and it's just it's not what we wanted we mm. wanted our own our own space so as we, as we come to sort of the end of this like b biggest piece of advice for people setting up on their own what, what what comes to mind when I'm seeking that advice from you I'm like Joe I'm really thinking about starting my recruitment business I'm not sure about this this and this like, what, what's your advice to me if I'm considering the start of my own recruitment business? Uh, people will... People will work with you. If they've, if they've worked yeah. with you before in your employed life, yeah. you'll get people to work with you. Mm. Don't underestimate how many people would... Yeah, yeah. Give you people want to help out. Yeah. Where do, you think, where do you think a lot of people get it wrong? 
from what you're saying, typically. Uh, I think, understandably, mm-hmm. well, what does getting it wrong mean? Like, people struggle to grow mm. a business because they don't have the relevant skills to do that. Mm. Just because you're a good recruiter doesn't mean you can build a recruitment business yeah. on your own. So, yeah, I guess being all it is, just don't be too naive to that and be willing to be self-aware enough to be like, right, what are my strengths here and where do I need help and stuff like that. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. find people who are better at stuff than you are. If you yeah. are going to do it on your own and you're really good at the client side and not as, as good at candidate delivery, find someone who's great at candidate delivery or whatever it might be. But mm. identify your weaknesses and... Mm. Um, hire them in yeah have the humility to do that okay. yeah um, where, so recruitment has obviously changed a lot since you've been in that <laughs> yeah <laughs> where, do you, where, where do you see it going back when we faxed CVs yeah right? exactly yeah. so you're, you're essentially on you're at proactively speaking to people that essentially are going to be the future the future recruitment businesses in 5, 10 years 15 years time right yeah so like how how do you yeah what 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 are the changes you're seeing like how do you see this planning out from your perspective out of interest in terms of technology or just in, just in general just like the things that you might be excited about interested in like how do you see recruitment evolving so i'm sure technology we we adopt technology as i've said to try and help us with how we operate our business yeah. but i am yet to be convinced that our roles are going to be automated or yeah. robots are not going to come in and yeah, definitely not. take that away. I don't, I don't believe. Maybe that's because I'm, I'd be screwed. I think from did, the conversations that I've heard, it's more about if, if you can invest in the right tech that means that Joe can just spend time doing what he does best, which is building relationships on the phone, meeting yeah. people, and then the other things around that are automated, you're not spending time on that. Then yeah, that's sen- that's pretty sensible. Yeah. Or to make the stuff that we can yeah. and that doesn't affect your ability to do the job. Yeah, and like um, me and you speaking, building relationships is going to always be, it has to be there. Yeah, like, always going to be there. Um, okay. So I think that being a, or operating in niche environments will be more and more important. Yeah, I think that's that's interesting. Um, and yeah, I'm, 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 I just think that people have got to be. People are going to be forced to be delivering a service that is morally accurate or ethically just or whatever it might be. You know, you are, you are, you can't, the the opportunity to operate profitable business by being a bit of a shark, I think is... Longer. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Because I think that was going to be my next sort of thing, just out of interest, like perception of recruitment. (laughs) (laughs) Think, do you think that can be changed? I don't... Uh, it's got a lame reputation and we've got somebody in our businesses who's trying to change that. So, <laughs> uh, yes. But I don't think the reputation of recruitment has got better or worse since I've really been yeah. involved. You know, we're still interviewing and meeting loads of people entering their working life who are interested enough to have a conversation about working in recruitment. Yeah. You know, we'll hire probably at least 10 grads this year, maybe more. Mm. Um, I don't think it's... I, 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 I... Look, it's not got a great reputation. Um, and I think that the more there are of people in the industry who, who are trying to improve it, the better. Yeah, I think, yeah definitely. I'm probably biased because I, I tend to sit down with... 
yeah, decent you're people. Screwed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so look, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot here, but I think I'd, I'd like why not? So I've got a couple <laughs> of questions on resilience, but just to sort of round this off, mate, I think you've been really open and honest around your journey, what you're seeing, sort of how you're approaching helping people, collaboration, all these things, which I think is wicked, but. I think, like, in terms of, I'm sure you've looked at a lot of people, and as you said, there's a lot of people that don't have the best name in terms of investing in, in recruitment business people. So, like, if I'm thinking of starting my own recruitment business and I want to be invested in, like, why why should I be thinking about partnering with you to help me make that happen? Uh, we'll give you a fair deal and we'll help you grow mm. whatever you want to grow. I don't think it needs to be overcomplicated, does it? It's no. as simple as that. It's, for us, it's all about being fair. Yeah. Like, yes, we want something back in return. Of course. Because we're not a charitable trust. We're not like, it's not, yeah. we're not a charitable organisation. It needs to be worth our while. Mm. But I believe we, we're not nicking a living from everybody, from anybody. We are delivering value mm-hmm. and taking what we deserve. Yeah, I like that. And... If you don't think you can do it on your own, mm. we can help you do it. Yeah, we can help you don't, get it don't, off the ground. Yeah, and don't, because I've heard that so much. Like, don't let the reason you didn't start your own recruitment business or try it because you didn't want to do it on your own. Yeah, you don't have to like. Yeah. you don't have to give away any equity. You don't yeah. like. There, there are many ways of doing it. There are many. There are many different ways we can we can cut a deal up, mm. and um, we are flexible mm-hmm. to each individual. So, a couple of questions on resilience. I'm going to ask you the final question. All right? Yeah. What does resilience in recruitment mean to you? Resilience in recruitment means you trust the process and you keep taking all the no's and all the knocks, knowing that you're doing the right things and you will get there in the end. Like it. How has the importance or need for resilience changed as the industry has evolved? I th- resilience or whatever you want to say, being thick-skinned or tenacity or whatever these terms you want to use, in my day was picking up the phone all the time and getting told no all the time. And that was just, it was all about the phone. Yeah. Um, and... I that has obviously changed because yeah. you know, lots of people say you don't need to cold call anymore mm-hmm. or whatever they might decide to tell you the, mm-hmm. the best way of operating I think you don't get the phone slammed down on you as much anymore if you don't want to because plenty of people don't pick up the phone in the first place <laughs> yeah. so I think it's easier to hide behind a screen yeah um, so but by no means do I think that people have got it easier these days with a whole host of stuff we don't need to talk about hiding yeah. behind screens but um, yeah I think it's changed the, the, the primary focus of how it's changed is how much people need to use the phone to open up relationships mm. um, what, what can people do themselves to instill more resilience in their teams <laughs> like what, um, what can people do more of to, to help cultivate resilience in their teams I don't know take them on an army boot camp <laughs> share hardship uh, I think they can create a great team environment by doing more stuff collectively mm. and that can be really fun stuff and it can still help yeah nice so before I ask you the final question mate this question is <laughs> on its way final one um, 
what are you excited about? I am excited about the, just doing what we're doing in the future and what we're going to achieve mm. um, and how many people we're going to help and how many people are going to help us. Yeah, that's awesome, mate. Um, look, final question. So if, if Joe could communicate to every single recruiter out there, they'd listen to your advice, they'd implement it, they'd take action tomorrow. It could be a phrase, a sentence, a word. What are you saying to, <laughs> what are you saying to the people, mate? Um... Be yourself, mm -hmm. uh, because people will want to work with you, mm -hmm. and find the right advice and follow it. Joe, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really want to ensure this podcast remains valuable and relevant for all of you. If you have topics or questions you would love me to cover with future guests, then please get in touch with me. Best place to get me is on LinkedIn. Just search Hishimazoos and drop me a message. I would love to hear from you. Finally, if you have two minutes, it would be greatly appreciated if you could leave an honest review for the podcast. It will simply mean that I can reach more people with this podcast. You can easily leave a review for the podcast by clicking the link in the episode notes or by going to ratethispodcast.com forward slash rollercoaster. Thank you again for listening. <laughs>